0: In this episode of 51 Vets, uh, we sit down with Graham Weaver, the founder and managing partner of Alpine Investors, and uh, 51 Vets, just for everyone's background, is content and community for transitioning veterans, and so for the past four years, I've been lucky enough to spend you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours working with uh, Vets are Transitioning. It's, it's just given me so much fulfillment to be doing this. Guys, uh, before we turn over to Graham for his background, um, can you... Let's go around the table here and just do, you know, your high level intros and kind of, you know, what your ask is or just kind of what you are thinking about in your life and career. Um, and for the guys who are in the attendees right now, feel free to ask questions as we're going through this um, and we'll, we'll dive in. But let's, let's start off with Alex and then we'll end with Graham and his intro.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it, Graham. Thank you so much for your time today. We're super excited to have you on this discussion Background on myself, I'm uh, Naval Academy graduate by trade, and I've been uh, active duty for about 10 years. So I flew the F-18 Super Hornet for a little over five years, and then was fortunate enough to transition to the F-35C, where I'm currently an instructor, uh, teaching new pilots how to fly that aircraft as they get to the operational side of the house. I've got about two months of active duty time left before I transition, so um, just learning as much as I possibly can about the private sector side of things, networking as much as possible. Uh, long-term or short-term, based on my transition time, I would love to get on the operational side of the house, uh, whether that be on VC or private equity side. Uh, I have a lot of interest there. I'm looking at MBA programs and just trying to kind of piece together the puzzle that is one for a uh, transitioning vet. So thanks for your time.
0: Awesome. Mark?
1: Graham, thank you, and,
2: and Jordan as well. Modik Malik, uh, similar to Alex, graduated from the Naval Academy in 2009 and spent nine years in the Navy as a SEAL, predominantly out of San Diego. Left in 2018 to go right into the full-time Wharton MBA program, and I finished that up this last summer. Uh, throughout the, the time there, I... The majority of my focus had been towards commercial real estate and prop tech type roles. And that industry is a little bit on fire right now. So I've been doing a kind of late season uh, pivot with this summer. I interned with an emerging manager venture capital fund and a real estate fintech startup. And kind of the direction I'm moving now is um, kind of towards the private equity investing operating side and just researching a few uh, opportunities there. Awesome.
0: Zach?
3: Hey, Graham. Thanks for being here. Um, Jordan, always thank you for organizing these. Um, Zach Walters, um, active duty. I have about a year left, Navy SEAL, um, out in San Diego. Um, Own a uh, local business here. uh, Currently in starting my second year at uh, my MBA at Anderson, uh, UCLA. Um, Wrap up in June with that and then uh, transfer, like I said, about a year um, year left, so uh, I transfer out of the military in uh, January of 22. Um, looking at the IB or PE space, trying to solidify some internships currently, uh, and then occasionally jumping on and helping Jordan uh, out where I can with 51 Labs and 51 Vets. Um, hugely indebted to him and what he what he does for for our community and our guys. So, that's
0: awesome. So, so Graham, um, hopefully that was helpful to get a sense of you know, where they're at, and I think they're pretty representative of the others who, you know, are in 51 vets, even on this, you know, attendee, uh, attending this now. Um, would you mind giving just a snapshot of Alpine for that context, maybe, you know, 60, 60 seconds or so, but then, like, rewinding and just the story that you laid out in the two volumes of the email that was amazing content. <laughs> um, I, I'm, impo- I, I'm incapable of writing more than bullet points. Um, so I'm envious of anyone who can write a full paragraph, uh, much less a book that, I, that we got yesterday. And that was awesome to read just how you think through life. Um, but can we start off with just a snapshot of what is Alpine Investors and then rewinding to your life?
1: Sure,
4: perfect. That
0: that that's a great way to go. And by the way, I'm going to put in the chat for the
4: panelists. I just wrote the name of someone that you can all contact um, about what I'm about to talk about, so you can send that out to your your uh, your cohort. Um, yeah. So what what's relevant for this group uh, about what I do is I run a private equity firm we buy recurring revenue businesses, software and services. We, as of the end of this year, will have about four and a half billion dollars under management. I've been running that for 20 years. I've been in private equity 25 years. Um, and we have kind of a few views that are really, re- I, I mean, this is part of the, re- well, first of all, let me just, let me just back up. Sorry, I'm getting a little too excited. First, I just want to say to all of you, just how appreciative I and the entire you know, nation are for your service. And when, you know, when Jordan reached out, I was just, frankly, kind of intimidated to talk to this group. And, uh, but also just, um, just really grateful. And so, you know, to the extent that you don't hear it enough, you, you, you know, you should, I hope you just know how, how grateful all of us are for, for your service and for how you've chosen to spend this the first part of your, your careers. I mean, our, our nation, you know, our country wouldn't be here without you. And so just wanted to wanted to say so much gratitude. Um and, and I'm really honored that you asked me to to be here and and I'm hopeful I can be somewhat helpful either with the content or with actually a internship or job. Um so I'll we'll do I'll do what I can on my part. But you you all have certainly done done so much for us. So I just wanted to say thanks on that. And and again, I, I hope you hear that often. If you don't, people are thinking it and they're maybe not just not saying it as often as they should. Um so, uh, <laughs> thank you for your taxes. That was a good one.
0: Um,
4: all right. So, uh, you know, with, with respect to Alpine, we, um, I'll, I'll, j- I'll jump to kind of where we are now. We believe that, and we have learned from 25 years, that really talent is the most uh, critical factor in, in great investment outcomes. So, the, the management team, we think, is 60 to 70% of our investment outcomes for the kind of investing that we do. So once we buy a recurring revenue software services business, whether that's an OK deal or a phenomenal home run deal has to do with the quality of the of the team and specifically the CEO and specifically that CEO's leadership capabilities. That's kind of view number one that we have, which is pretty different, I think, than a lot of investing folks, you know, where we, we we focus on all the things they focus on as well, you know, moats and um, revenue retention and, uh, you know, uh, valuation, analysis, debt. You know, we, we do all that as well. But fundamentally, number one for us is talent. And you'll see that on our website. You'll, and you'll see it in our strategy. We have, we have um, built our entire strategy around talent. Number two, and this is what's really relevant for all of you, our, our belief is that attributes matter way more than experience. So who someone is at their core um, is more important than what they've done. And if you believe that, then, you know, you all have actually are actually the really the best people to go run businesses because you're, you're leaders, you have incredible persistence, um, uh, you know, character, leadership characteristics, ability to lead people, be super clear with priorities, you know, etc. Those are like, that's what really matters in leadership. So leadership's the most important thing and leadership's about attributes, not experience. So You know, we we all right. So so those are just a couple like really high level things. So what we do at Alpine, we have a program we call CEO and training program. We have 50 people currently in that program, and we're hiring. Call it 10 to 12, 10 to 15 people a year, and we and we hire throughout the year. And we are um, we basically are are taking really high attribute people, and we do have. Uh, folks like yourselves who have been in, in branches of the military have, have actually never worked in the civilian world and they come right into the program they work with an incredibly. Um, uh, successful CEO who has signed up to train them and mentor them and then in you know anywhere from three to right, two to five years they're they're the CEO of a, of a business um and we we've we've been doing that program for about 10 years and we have as i said before we have six, uh, 50 people in the program and today um and some of you may know this if you you know you've mentioned some of the business schools we've we've been the number one most applied for job out of um stanford business school harvard business school kellogg business school and we're number three at i think one of you said you went to Wharton. we were number three last year at warden um, we also hired people from You mentioned UCLA, um, you know, and and Chicago and MIT all all different all different schools, so um, I put in the chat the name of the person who runs that program. And you know we're hiring now and would certainly love anyone who's interested in that program i'm not i'm not saying this to be an advertisement i'm saying it in the event that this can be helpful in the next. Part of your career, I guess it is an advertisement. It is well, an advertisement.
0: But, um, the purpose is get guys <laughs> jobs, so perfectly fine. Continue. Yeah, you you mentioned you told me that
4: when we started that that was, and this is a very direct thing that is kind of lines up with exactly where you all are in your in your career. So I I'd be stupid not to not to mention it. So I'll, I'll lead with that, um, and then we can we can go back. Um, I don't know if that's enough. On if you want
0: me to say anything else, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I, how I, I how I many wanna, portfolio say, companies say, do you have? Uh, how many portfolio companies? How many people in the firm? Just some kind of some high level stats like that.
4: Yeah, we have. Um, I I actually don't know the number. let's say a twenty ish portfolio companies. We have sixty five, I think, people uh, at Alpine HQ, and then we have another sixty five people that I meant, like including those CEOs and training, plus other folks that are Alpine people but are in companies. So all in, we have about one hundred and thirty people. And and you know the last thing I'll say and I'm I'm guessing I, probably for SEC reasons I can't give you exact numbers but we have been for most of our investors we are their number one uh, performing pre- uh, private manager whether that's credit venture private equity real estate um, we're we're their number one performing manager they tell us that and and my reason for saying that aside from that I'm really proud of it is that you know this works you know having really high attribute people and you know we're we're winning because of that you know and and that it's just it's been really gratifying for me to kind of take a attack very different than what a lot of folks in my business do and and have it just be resoundingly successful so um again i can't get it probably offline can get into some of the numbers and stuff, but, uh, well, but, let's um, dive into your background. what's,
0: what's your path before starting a firm 25 years later, that has over three or 4 billion under management. Let's rewind just a little <laughs> bit. Um, where are you from? And kind of, what's the, what's the story that you were kind of diving into in the email? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll,
4: I will i i will not go through the whole thing. I'll, I'll try to hit some things that I thought might be interesting to all of you. So I grew up in a small town in Ohio, it was a rural farming town. Uh not not it was actually a suburb of Toledo, uh, Ohio, which is you know kind of in the rust belt, you know, which supplies automotive, automotive parts to Detroit. And um and my my parent, my my father and grandfather were veterinarians, which I, I had no stomach to do. And um the, the big turning point for me uh during that time in in Ohio was I wrestled um for for our, public, I went to public school, wrestled, and that was like the way, you know, I was a sophomore in high school and it was kind of the way I could feel important or feel like I fit in as everyone in high school wants to do. And then I made varsity my sophomore year, but then halfway through the season, the captain dropped down in my weight class and I couldn't beat him. And so the, and this was at 150 pounds. And then the only other um, slot that was available was at 125 so i dropped down to 125 pounds i was about um six feet tall at that time and i weighed 125 pounds and i ate you know a thousand calories a day worked out twice a day and i made the weight i was i was kind of a i didn't have a remarkable wrestling uh career because probably i was starving myself too much but but the discipline of you know controlling that what i ate and being like realizing I could set some ridiculous goal like that and kind of bring it into my life and that actually I had the power to do that really stuck with me and so that that translated to my academics and then eventually to um, you know to what I would do going on in in college and and uh, and beyond so it was just it was just a really powerful turning point where it's like and I'm sure all of you on this call have had some experience like this where you do some experience and I'm, I know they put you in these, in, in the military or training camp or whatever, where you didn't realize you could actually do something that you did and then you you never go back to that original size. I had, um, I definitely had that uh, experience really early and then, but the biggest thing that it came for me was like, I could set a goal no matter what it was, no matter how big it was, and I could work backwards from that. And then just the intention of doing that could, could kind of realize it. Um, I went on to uh, college and applied that. I tried. To, I, my goal was to be valedictorian of Princeton, which I was not. Um, and my goal was to be the number one rower in the in the nation, which I was not. i never rowed before, and I was 125 pounds. But I did graduate uh, in the top, say 15, at uh, in my class. And I did. I was captain of a national championship uh, rowing team my senior year, and I. You know, so I, I didn't quite hit the goals I'd set, but I, you know, came 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 close and I think just kind of got then in the habit of setting really really crazy goals putting really really crazy goals out there and then and then just being super laser focused on them. Um, you want me to keep going, Jordan, with, with uh in Wall Street and all that? Yeah, for sure. Okay graduated went to wall street and uh i don't know what i thought wall street was going to be like uh but it it um (laughs) it was brutal uh it it was it was uh you know so here i am on this i had done great in in college and i was part of a team and you know the the college was just a fantastic environment and and i go to wall street and you know I end up doing kind of mind numbing work i learned i learned a a bunch in like the first month and then I really never learned anything after that and i did the same i learned how to build a financial model in the first month and i basically built financial models for the next two years. I worked till midnight or or later um using you know one one point two percent of my brain uh but doing it a lot of hours uh wasn't a good culture for me um and you know, I, and so, so you know, it was, and, and more, more than that, it was just, a, it was a waste for the firm I where I worked because they were getting so, they were getting so little out of what I had to bring to the party. Um, it was just kind of a, a shame for all, all the way around. And the, the most, the scariest part of that experience was that I became that environment, you know, so the goals that they had, which were largely materialistic and you know you get promoted not many people had family lives not many people had you know any kind of volunteer service work it was like you're gonna you know make money and work a lot of hours like those became my goals like that it was like you know a month in all of a sudden i'm lined up behind that mission and you know you just it's just a big thing i learned you know you become your environment over time and it happens quickly and absolutely and um and Wall Street didn't become Graham. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't pull Wall Street more to like my value system. I quickly went to that value system. And, uh, and so that was a huge, that was a huge uh, learning for me as well about when I started building Alpine, I became really, really intentional about what kind of people we brought on and what kind of culture we had. I was, I was, I was so focused on that, like to the point where for the first 15 years building Alpine, we never hired anyone who worked in finance because I was so scared of, you know, when we're nascent, the first few people you bring on are really determine your culture. So, you know, today we can hire anybody because we have our own culture and stuff. But but back then I was so nervous about what kind of culture we would have. So that was a, it was not what I thought it would be, I guess. I'll, I'll say that. And it was kind of unnecessary. Um, I'll just Grant, finish. If I could pause you I'll, there, I'll wrap, actually. Yeah, like, please
0: you were willing to make a trade-off. You're willing to make a trade-off for brand, cash in your pocket, and a couple of years on the street. You know, it's sometimes difficult to look in retrospect and say, like, that, screw it. it, wasn't worth it. But like, was it? And because I think that's, yeah. is it worth it for, let's say somebody is 35 to 40 years old, they're getting out of the military, and they're like, I'm going to go do banking for a couple of years is it worth it to suck it up for a couple of years as a platform in either banking or consulting and sell their soul for a year or two, but be around amazing people doing like, you know, challenging work, but you're up till one or 2.00 AM. You don't see your two, three, four kids. Alex. Talk yeah. About so it's
4: great. Que- it's a great question. <laughs> so what, one thing, one thing I, I didn't say also is I, I now, um, am a professor at Stanford business school. So I teach, a couple courses on entrepreneurship and it's, I love it. It's so fun. And, and I have, I have this conversation. I love that we're having the conversation with you all. And I have this conversation with my students, no exaggeration. I probably have two of these conversations every single week. Okay. And, and it's some version of this. Okay. Some version, the version could be, gosh, if I go back to X, Y, Z firm, they'll pay for my whole school and I'll make this money. And then, then I can kind of launch you know, or what you just said, Jordan, you know, hey, for a couple of years, I go do this and is, you know, and that's kind of an endogenous path to make some money, get some experience, get some names on my resume, etc. And here's what I would say is, the problem with that logic is it's never a couple of years, okay? It, the problem with that logic is what if that couple of years is your whole life and your whole career? you know, and you said, you sit here now and you say, no, it's only going to be a couple of years. And, you know, and and then I'm going to go do, well, that's not what happens. What happens is you meet people, you become invested in the firm, you um, start hiring people who then, you know, you've made promises to, you start fundraising, you put your name on it, by the way, you're going to be great at it, you know, and you get promoted. And now you get, you make a little bit more money. And then, you know, you buy a house that requires that money to make you know, to, to, uh, to service the mortgage and, 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 and 25 years later, you look back and say, oh shit, you know, (laughs) sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to swear. You can bleep that
0: out, but you know, but you know, it's uh, a podcast and blog. It's not public television. No worries. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Well,
4: you say, oh shit, you know, what did I, what did I do with my life? You know, and, and you think I'm exaggerating. I'm not okay. The statistics are 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 just overwhelming uh and that's why i i I spent all that time talking about how you become your environment you know absolutely and um so is it worth it um (laughs) mathematically probably is but the uh the probability that you leave there in two years unfortunately is is uh is very low so i'd just be super careful about that and the only reason i left by the way, is because I went to business school and to just to double click on that, I actually turned business school down, deferred for a year. Then the next year, I turned it down again and I was never going to go. And then the admissions director called me and said, hey, you understand, like, if you turn us down again, um, we're never going to let you in. And uh, and I did some real soul searching and I came so close to staying there and I'd still be there. And that look, it's there's worse things in the world than, you know, working <laughs> On Wall Street, but I I don't know I, I feel like you only have one shot to really be your true self and and bring what all the great gifts you have to the world and that was definitely not as I mentioned before, you know ninety eight point five percent of my gifts were not getting used at all um, in that so it would hey, have it's been interesting a tragedy that you for,
0: that you mentioned me. that because like I did six years two months eight days of banking and the only reason why I left is because they went through layoffs, and we were just about to have our next kid, and I probably would have done another year or two as a shitty banker, you know, a dyslexic shitty banker who couldn't do financial models worth anything. But that swift kick in the butt was what I needed. But I, I think that just highlights exactly what you're saying, is that you think it's going to be two years, then you go to B-School, then you go buy side, then you have a happy life and you start a company that goes to 10 million of revenue overnight.
1: And, and
2: Graham, Graham. I, and, yeah, I, it, I
0: go ahead go ahead sorry uh,
2: touching ahead. on that the the panelists did you know whatever research we could create all the open source r- reporting your personal blog and some videos that we did so we we got an appreciation for the frameworks and and the head game that you have in your approach to business and life and one thing we wanted to touch on was this Uh, you know, topic of veterans when they leave their previous career is very mission driven and purpose driven and they're looking for that, you know, that genie in a bottle to rub and that's going to tell them what their next career path is. So what would some recommendations or, you know, a turn on that framework be for someone looking for their follow-on career and exploring that when they don't know what other industries look like? And then the same thing five years after that
4: well i i yeah it's a great question and 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 what um what merrick's referring to about the genie is so i'll I'll just share it for the for the podcast is I, i have students do this exercise where they imagine that they found a magic lamp and they rub the lamp and a genie comes out and the genie says to them Whatever you wish for with your career, whatever you throw yourself into with your career, I will grant you that it's going to turn out great. It's going to be phenomenal. It might take 10 years to do that. You're going to have ups and downs. It's a really tough time, but it, you know that's the wish I can give you. I, you know I'm not a full-on genie, so I can't give you any wish, but I can give you that wish. What would you wish for? Is kind of the prompt, and the reason that I give that prompt is that it's what you would do if you didn't fear failure is your answer because obviously there's a genie so you don't have to worry about failure and a lot of times we get so caught up in the six inches in front of our face and the fog of war that we kind of optimize for the next you know month or six months or year and we forget like we have a long life to live and we need to kind of optimize you know for that so that's that's what uh, Merrick was was referring to so you know, I can't answer for you what your genie goal is. Um, But if what you're telling me is I I really don't want to do X, but I'm going to do it for two years, I just would be careful. I would tread lightly. Now, having said that, I'm going to go out on a limb here and give you what, what could be, or, or might be a decent place to start for your genie goal. If you haven't thought about it, and this is, Again, I, I'm t- I, if this doesn't resonate, it's totally fine. But I'm going to take a shot anyway, um, just for the hell of it. Um, all of you, you mentioned, you know, you've all been part of an incredible mission-driven uh, um, career, and you've led people, and you've led incredible people through some, inc- I'm sure, some challenging, crazy stuff, and formed bonds. And you know, it's it's been like a, a pretty intense experience. The closest to that that I could come up with in the private sector would be being a leader, you know, being an executive, being a CEO, really leading a team. It's not uh, financial anal- being a financial analyst. Like that, that might be actually pretty far <laughs> afield from that. And, um, and, and the reason I say that is because if you kept in mind long-term that that's kind of the direction you wanna head Whether that opportunity is available to you now, and by the way, I think it is, and I'll come to that in a second, whether that's available now or in the future, like what if you're lining up your activities now to head that direction. The other, the reason that that can be a really mission driven um, option is that, is that you get to have such a huge say in people's lives and like 70% of people hate their jobs you know, across the U S 70%, seven zero spend half their waking hours doing something they hate. And if you, what if you could turn that around and have people feel like good and feel like inspired, you know, and go home to their communities, feeling like they, they made an impact and they're doing something of meaning, like you can have a huge impact on the world. And it's, it's probably the closest I could get to something that would be, you know, and it's not as intense as what you've all done, but it's probably the closest analog I could come up with.
3: awesome um speaking of which uh one of the open source uh it's on um video platforms was your your speech to uh gbs which is which is awesome uh touches on the genie in the bottle concept touches on you know dreamweaver and much other awesome awesome <laughs> content so thanks for uh for doing that and making that public to, to people because i personally gained a lot out of it thought it was awesome um thanks zach my question is going to kind of tie into that uh, and it also sort of leapfrogs off of uh, Marie's question of like clearly you're a very like cerebral, uh, thoughtful, kind of um, methodical in your approach to a lot of things, not just business, but life in general, um, which I know a lot of us personally kind of relate to and appreciate. Um, but like growing up in Ohio where you talked about mowing lawns and and brainwashing your subconscious to Zig Ziglar and some other people, which I thought was awesome. Um you know was that sort of what laid the foundation of how you sort of think and approach things or do you think that sort of developed and kind of came later on in life as you as you went through kind of these experiences and had this this uh, you sort of built your toolbox of business and uh, had some failures and a bunch of successes did that sort of build as it went along or was that just always kind of there
4: yeah, the, the early stuff about listen, you know, brainwashing myself with the content was um, was kind of the version one, which was super helpful. And that that helped with, like, setting goals, working backwards, you know, being focused, getting rid of most things and just focusing on a few and just kind of pounded that in over and over, which was really helpful. And I I ran that play, you know, that I ran that play for a long time and it worked really well. And then, and then the next one was like, okay, wait, now what? And, and, and I, and the turning point for me was I hired an executive coach in 2009. And, um, I talked, you know, it was like the worst time forever to hire a coach. Cause it was the world's falling apart. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to pay for it, but, but I, for whatever reason, hired this phenomenal coach who today is one of my closest friends. And I've, I've talked to a coach every week. Or every other week since then, since 2009, and the, it's just been that's been really incredible for me. And it's not, it's not like, it's not like it happened in one conversation, but it's just the, the the concept of just being intentional and trying to say how do I want to design my life, my firm, you know, my relationships, my time, you know, and just thinking about it. And like you go, you know, you think about like a lot of us are just kind of unconsciously incompetent, which means we're not even asking the question. And so we're, we're not, we don't even know what we don't know type of thing. Well, at least coaching made me consciously incompetent. <laughs> so at least I, I was, I knew the questions. And then over time, I've become, you know, a little bit more thoughtful about how I, you know, who I want to spend my life with, what kind of people I want to be around, how I want to spend my time, uh, what what legacy I want to have, what, you know, what or for our firm, you know, what, what's, what are the levers that are really going to make us make us successful? What are we doing that's differently than others? How do we look around this corner, you know, just kind of stepping back. And then, and then I also schedule time, not just the coaching, but I schedule a lot of my calendar has blocks on it, which I invest either with my team and thinking about, you know, brainstorming. We had, a, we had a call, we had two full days last week with my partners where we just, talked about you know what we always talk about world domination (laughs) you know how we're going to be where we're going to be in 10 years and um so it's a combination of like asking the questions and then you got to schedule the time you got to like control your calendar and actually um block it out so that that would but 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 if if executive coaching was the was the catalyst for me and it's still a huge part of my playbook
3: yeah it seems like a lot of uh intentionality um I mean, just can you talk you're... about, like,
0: what did you get out of that specifically? Like, why were they a good coach? And also, like, I think the analog to that for transitioning veterans is, like, having an advisory board, of like, even yeah. an informal advisory board. Can you talk about that, those ideas?
4: Yeah. So, um, th- th- what did you get out of specifically is a great question. So, the first, like, this, this is the way, I think this is the, you, the typical coaching arc starts off, like, what problem are you hiring me to solve? And people always start there. I'm, so, I'm hiring you to help me with my business. Everyone always starts that. I'm hiring you to help me with my career, you know, whatever. And then over time, you evolve to help me with my life. You know, That's, it, it's like the arc everyone goes through. So my first thing I solved was my business. And what I realized in that early coaching, every single problem I had, the root cause of it would be a person. So it's like, he, I'd say, Oh my God, I've got this horrible thing going on. And I'd be like, why, 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 why? And I get down to, Oh yeah. Cause I got a bozo in this role right here, you know, or this thing. Whoa, why, why, why? Oh, we got the wrong CEO and this thing, you know? And so that's when we really started getting focused on, on talent and people. That was the business side of it. But then when I switched to the, the personal side was it's a lot harder, you know, it's like, um, what do you, you know, I mean, the, really the question coaches ask is what do you want? I mean, that, that's, the summary of sort of all coaching they ask that question in 75 different ways and with great direction. And, you know, but you're kind of getting at like, what do you want? Because most of us probably on this call, once we figure out exactly what we want are pretty formidable, (laughs) you know, like my money would be on you all to go get what you want, but getting super clear on what that is, is actually hard and it changes over time too. So that's that's the bulk of what coaching is, Jordan.
1: So Grant, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to kind of paint the picture here a little bit with it. Um, I read on your blog, you recently did the Tony Robbins uh, virtual seminar and you kind of talk about unleashing the power within and you mentioned a few commitments you've made as you've kind of grown and come along that you want to really focus on. And one of them was, um, you want to delegate recurring tasks and find time to, to focus on what really matters to you. So it's kind of a, a multi-axis question, but, you know, as I can imagine, as Alpine has grown, your responsibilities have become so large that you have to delegate, right? You have to rely on your people and your team. So you also brought up that Alpine is one of the most sought after firms to join for, you know, for MBAs, for people who are graduating from the top institutions. So you have the pick of the best of the best, right? So when you're interviewing for that CEO and training position or for any position in your firm, what is it that you look for that is not a, um, a statement on a resume, right? What do you look for beyond the MBA that, that is an intangible asset or characteristic because at some point that person is gonna have a significant amount of responsibility in your firm. And how can, we, you know, how can we take that on board as we transition as vets to apply that when we finally hit the interview that we're trying to get to and convey that, look, although my resume says I've, uh, you know, I've, I've been a fighter pilot or a Navy SEAL or in special operations, and that doesn't directly translate to uh, working at a firm like Alpine, how can I convince you that I have those assets and those skills that will go a long way?
4: Yeah, great. Um, so two questions you asked. Um, on the delegation, this is this is an evolution that I think most leaders make at some point, which is all of us get <clears throat> or most of us get to a point of being in a leadership position based on our individual contributions. So, you know, we we crush whatever it is, you know, but we're whether it's academics or athletics or specific tasks that we're given and we knock those down. And then as a leader, we start to say, well, hold on. Now I'm starting to have to create results through others. And, you know, the instinct is to dive in and save and, you know, you, 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 you actually have to let go of a lot of that individual contribution mentality, which is really hard. And it's, it's necessary. And the great one of my coaches once said that the best CEOs are like, they're lazy tinkers, you know, they're putting people in the right roles and he used the word lazy provocatively, you know, but, um, but are but that, that's very different from individual contribution. So I still struggle with that where, you know, what do I really, what it has to have me as, as part of it versus is kind of nice to have, because if I just do the nice to have, you know, I could fill up my calendar three X every single day. And so that's, that's, that's what I meant by that. Um, in the, in the commitments, um, and 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 i would I would encourage all of you, the same thing, you know, looking at your days and your calendars. So many of us don't realize like the most powerful weapon that we have is our calendar. <laughs> it's actually that's our life, right? That's how we're spending our life, and we don't think of it that way. We think of our calendar as a way to record the stuff that we need to do or meetings or whatever. Your calendar is a way to actually get you know actually design your life, you know. And we don't think of it that way. So that's what I've been really working on. Um, And I would encourage you all to do that. So for example, if your goal right now is to do a search fund, um, I know Dodson, I think came on this program a while back. If that's your goal, like how much of your calendar are you devoting to that goal? (laughs) You know, and my guess is you'll have that as a goal and it'll be like zero, you know, and you're like wondering why it's not happening. So, so anyway, that, that, that would be, that would be, and the the, so what, what happens, sorry, I'll just spend one more time on this, on the calendar is it's, it's the classic kind of urgent versus important. So the urgent stuff gets on our calendar and the important stuff doesn't, you know, so that, 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 that would be my, my thought, um, on the, what we look for when we hire, we, we're kind of looking for, um, iq eq and aq to um and and you know iq is just you know intellectual horsepower eq is the ability to get along with other people to have some self-awareness and then aq is adversity quotient so ability to just drive through um obstacles and you know uh, get back up after failure those kinds of things um and what that like the the term that we use is like We use this like will to win and you know when you have an interview with someone it can come it can come across whether they were like a dance champion whether they were in the military whether they were just great at academics or whatever like it's not for us at least at alpine it's not really important how or in what way they exhibited those characteristics but really that they have those characteristics so to answer your question of how you would show that to an employer i i would probably be you know somewhat well I'll, I'll digress for one second on just a kind of an interview. And I don't know if that's where you're going, but if I were interviewing for a job, I would make a list of here, are the five points I want to make about Graham Weaver. You know, I want to make a point that I'm fucking crazy focused, that I have a will to win and I'm never going to lose. And I'm going to run through walls, you know, that I'm, um, you know, that I, you know, succeeded in everything I've taken on, whatever, you know, I make my list then I'd make a, what's called a defense list what are all the reasons someone would not want to hire Graham Weaver, you know, and um, for you all, maybe I haven't worked in the private sector yet, you know, Um, maybe I'm, you know, not the exact prototype of someone in this role or whatever it is. So you make a, a defense deck and then your job is to generate examples in your life to support those points on both sides. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're reading off that list, but when someone asks you, why should you work here? You, 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 you have stories you can go to and, you have the points you're trying to make and the points you, you know, you need to overcome. Keep in mind, they may not ask you the things on the defense list. They may, they may just, they may, it may just be a really happy interview. And then they come back and say, Oh, you didn't get the job because you don't have enough experience. So you have to sometimes proactively bring up the defense list uh, deck, which is counterintuitive, but I think it's really important so that they don't get back behind closed doors and say, I can't hire Alex because he's never worked in this business anymore. You should say, you're probably wondering, why you should hire me, even though I've never been in this business before. Boom, you know? Yep. And, yeah, uh, and then, and then you, you have to go right at those objections. So I know right. I, I hope, hopefully that helped.
0: I wonder if we could maybe use this time to focus on Alex and Zach in particular of like, can you kind of coach them on just where are you at in life? What do you want? And then kind of stress test what they want to see. Cause I think do it. where they're at, you know, this is, all right. Uh, who's going to start Alex or Zach? <laughs>
1: Yeah, go for it, put me on the spot. Let's
0: do it. (laughs) All
1: right,
3: Alex. I was gonna say, uh, Jordan, I already got my spot out of uh, one of the last calls, so Alex, you're up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cool. All right, Alex,
4: so what what was your answer when I I went through that genie exercise? What was the first kind of thing that came to mind for you?
1: Yeah, so you talk about the genie exercise and where I want to be in five years, right? Um, And to give you a little backstory, um, as all of us who are veterans can attest to, we have unbelievable experiences, right? Uh, I'll say like one of the most incredible experiences I have was, uh, being over Syria in 2017, dropping a thousand pound weapon danger, close to friendly forces to, uh, to, to help them on the fight on the ground. Right. Uh, I've done incredible things. I've landed on an aircraft carrier at night with pitching deck and some of the worst weather I could possibly describe, but the most rewarding thing to date I have ever done inclusive of all of that is convince a 23 year old sailor on a flight deck that was 150 degrees that what he was doing mattered just as much as what I was doing. Um, So to tie that in five years from now, I wanna be in a position where I can empower the men and women that I work with and give them all of the tools uh, and resources they need to go execute the mission that is uh, the overall focus of that company um again so really like where do I want to be I want to be in a leadership role on the operational side of things and I want to be able to make a difference Uh, I hope that answers the question
4: yeah Alex it's it's an awesome answer you have I mean you have clarity to me it sounds like you have super clarity and you also have a, a really empower powerful why behind that and so you know I love it and and I think you know just without knowing you that well that that would be really rewarding, you know, for you um, to, to, to do that. So, so the, I love it. And that, that's fantastic. And I like how you talked about the most rewarding experience with the, the 23 year old. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, so the question is how, you know, that's where you want to go. So your job now is to take a step in that direction, you know, to move toward that goal. The reason I say that is doing And I'm I'm not I know I'm selling I'm picking on investment banking, but doing investment banking just for two years is not moving you in that direction. Now you'd say, well, it is because it's going to be financial freedom. Well, everything you do is going to give you some money. And I would, so you want to be you want to have the next. It's like if you want if I want to walk from here to. You know New York. I need to know where New York is. I need to step toward New York in that direction, right? So that's your job is to take some steps in that direction. So what could that look like? It could look like taking on an operational role at a company. It could look like raising a search fund. It could look like the program that I described at Alpine Investors. Um, it could look like trying to find a really successful CEO that you admire, and reaching out and trying to you know whatever uh, cozy you know, become their chief of staff or um, but, but spending your energy moving that way. Okay. And kind of putting blinders on and letting all the other stuff that's coming in, just letting it go, you know, because your, your eyes, keep your eyes on that sort of five year prize. And that's where we get lost. And I did the same thing, by the way, I graduated from business school. I knew I wanted to start my own company. I knew what kind of culture I wanted, blah, blah, blah. And I took a job doing something else. Cause I kind of chickened out and there were all these things coming at me and I was like, okay, you know. So I get it. It's hard, but I would just say, stay, kind of stay the course on that. But, but I love that you sound like you have a lot of clarity on what you want to do, Alex.
1: Well, thanks, Graham. Thanks for putting me on the, uh, on the hot seat there.
0: Do it every call, happy to do. <laughs> Zach, over to you. Yeah, my, uh, Zach, my, my question is like, why do you want to do banking? Why do you want to go into private? What's your, what is your why? And let's not my, stress. My Justin's why is
3: in all reality and Graham, this is, uh, this is great, um, to have on a call with you. Um, cause I, I obviously I haven't been in the baking industry. I don't know a ton about it. You know, I'm not very intimate with it. Like I've, I've actually been a part of it. Right. I, I know through others experiences like yours, I do know that, um, I have sort of the mentality of, Hey, I'd rather like sort of what you alluded to, I'd rather spend those, you know, two, three, whatever years in the industry I wanna get into, you know, paying the proverbial man and working my tail off in that industry, heading down the direction I wanna head down as opposed to, um, you know, one that's over here that I'm later gonna to have to recourse correct and, and get my foot in that industry regardless. Granted that transition will inherently be easier, but it just makes more sense for me Like, let me work 80 hour weeks in the private equity industry for a firm as opposed to in a different industry and then trying to translate over later. In all reality, if I had the proverbial uh, genie in a bottle, (laughs) uh, you know, reality, it would be similar to where you're sitting, running a successful firm, not only from the, you know, talent aspect, um, but you know, just all the facets that go into that fascinate me. Uh, what happened that put me down that route was prior to going to Anderson, I thought, hey, I need to get some experience, you know, in business. And what better way than just buying a business? So I sourced, uh, did the due diligence process, did the whole, gig, the whole gamut um, to find a business. And I knew the uh, kind of like the gym industry, similar to sort of how you are. Uh, it was something I was very comfortable with you know, low barrier entry, low risk for me. Uh, So I just went and bought a business locally here in San Diego um, and LBO'd it, owner financed it and ran it. Um, Still currently am running it. Um, Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the process. And that's sort of what led me to having an interest in private equity. So if my goal is, you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the road, running my own firm and similar to how you are, like there's a bunch of different avenues to that <laughs> and I'd love to hear yeah. your take on that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I think it's awesome that that you have energy for that and that's where you want to head. And so then the question would be like, what's the step to go in that direction? The reason, again, I, if, if you want to stick on banking specifically um, you know, my, my question there is like, do you want to be like, when I was in banking, I would look at my boss and my boss's boss and my boss's boss's boss. And frankly, they were more miserable than I was. You know, the only people more miserable than me was the people that were older than me and doing the same thing. So, you know, it wasn't the trajectory that I wanted to be in. Um, And that, that's a good, by the way, that's a good way to say, like, if, if I, if I start here and I'm, like, God forbid I'm successful, which you, by the way, you will be like, what's the payoff there? So, so for you, I mean, you know, then, then maybe, maybe your path is to um, look at options in private equity and, and you know, what, what kind of firms could you, could you work at right out of uh, school? And, um, you know, I, I know that bank, it's, it's funny. Banking will pitch themselves as, hey, we have lots of good exit opportunities. You know, you can go here and people go here. But all they're saying really is everyone leaves banking. <laughs> you know, so therefore we have a lot of data points of people leaving banking. Why don't, what if you pick something that people don't leave and, you know, did that instead, and, and it's going to be harder to get that job. Um, you know, it's going to be more, it's going to take more work on your part, more reaching out, more, um, you know, networking or informational interviews or, or cold, cold emails or warm in, emails or whatever. But, you know, it, it's worth it because you can, you know, save yourself, you know, save yourself a lot of time. Um, by by not feeling like you got to kind of um, put your time in for two years and then then do what you want to do. But but Zach, it's harder. It is harder. I, want, I I definitely hear you that it's harder than than finding a job in banking.
0: Zach, I want to dig a little more deeper into that. Like why why do that? I mean, you already bought a business, and you're super entrepreneurial. Like why not just keep on going down that path instead of working for somebody else? Like what's, what does that look like in five years versus you just going down the entrepreneurial path for five more years?
3: Yeah. I mean, in all reality, just, and I've had people that are in, you know, friends that have, that have made that transition and say, Hey, like, why not take what you did and just replicate it and make it a little bit bigger and more of it. Like, well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I think private equity just because it's a bigger it's a bigger game, right? It's it's like me, you know, doing club rowing versus you know at a collegiate, you know, national championship rowing team. Like it's just, it's Graham, a next. how scale happier up. do you
0: think you are? Um, how much happiness do you think you have more than someone who is a fundless sponsor or an independent sponsor, and they're doing a couple of deals? Let's take the money out of it. They say that you have, yeah. you know, making good money. How much happier do you think you are as a result of a bigger firm, a bigger fund?
1: Yeah,
4: I think it's a good thread to go down, um, Jordan, and and for your sake, Zach, and you know, I would almost put the, I would almost put the search fund and fundless sponsor kind of in that same bucket, just for the sake of this discussion, put those kind of in one bucket, and then sort of going somewhere a little bit more institutional in the other bucket. I started as a fundless sponsor. I did six deals as a fundless sponsor, like you're doing Zach. And that was kind of my track to get to start Alpine was building a track record, doing those deals. And then, and then raising money to to do it in a fund. Um, what the benefits of, I mean, the, the, there are benefits on both sides. Um, the benefit of the, the, probably the biggest benefit of, of of what of of the path i'm i have now is i have i have partners you know i have i have people i can bounce it's not as lonely i i have people that um have different skill sets than i do um i can you know bounce ideas off of you know i it's and and i put a lot of weight on that so you don't you don't need to join a firm for that but i would i would ask you know you that zach you know- is there a way you could find- you know either people who know how to do things you don't know mentors uh, people who have a different set of skills, maybe really hardcore gym operator type people or finance people or things that you can supplement yourself with, maybe on your advisory board or in your investor group um, or you know could you could you have you know coaches or or folks that you could talk to because that was that was the biggest thing when I was a fund sponsor is it it was a it was lonely and but b, I also just didn't make as good of decisions, and i I wasn't as effective because I just didn't have that kind of group of people to bounce ideas off of, and so I did I did some dumb things. So the biggest happiness thing, Jordan, for me today versus me back then is what I just said. You know, I've got such a wonderful group of partners and folks to talk to, and and that 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 like really makes it a lot of fun. So Zach, you don't need to join yeah. a firm to get that. You could probably replicate that in, in your own organization. <sighs>
3: Totally. And I mean, I think that's a big part of, part of it uh, for me um, as well is, is that problem solving aspect and doing it in a, in a group of guys that, or, or women as well, people that you work with, right, that you enjoy and you thoroughly um, get a lot out of working together. It sounds like that's how you are. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, and nothing against search funding at all because I, I love that model and that approach. But I also like the idea of it not just being necessarily one vein of, of industry or one company. Uh, and that's, I think what's sort of pushing me down the private equity route is, you know, you're running a portfolio of companies. So you're dealing with different problem sets and different angles. Um, and I think that, that also intrigues me a lot. I think that's really why private equity, as opposed to just replicating the model that I've, I've done so far.
4: Yeah. And what, what I would just say about that is just, just, um,
3: you know, private equity is a very broad,
4: industry so like <laughs> i'll tell you what was not sexy about private equity was like sort of when i was in the middle ranks so alpine was the fifth private equity firm i've, I've worked at and um alpine is the firm that i run now but i i had, i was at four firms previously and like there's this whole middle area where you're like you're kind of negotiating you know reps and warranties and escrows and indemnities and legal agreements and you know, and, and like, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, um, soul crushing, (laughs) you know? So again, just, just when you are considering where you're going, like actually be clear about what does this job entail? What are you doing? What's your role? Like I was so far away from boards and operating and that I was so just, to just, and meanwhile, there's other firms that are a lot like our firm is, you know, just a lot more operationally and focused and, you know, whatever. So, you know, just, they're not all the same either. So you you might, you might have a lot of fun. You might also find it, um, you know, find it, find it really tough depending on, you know, where, where, what the, how the firm is structured and what your role
3: is. Yeah, totally. And especially different, different markets, like lower middle is obviously very different from bulge bracket. So
0: Come on, dive deeper into that of like, are you happy that the thing you have built is a thing that invests in other things and grows those things, as opposed to conceptually, there's a big problem that has to be solved by technology thing. And so my thing is going to be building a company that solves that. I just said thing way too much.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I I don't know if it falls in one of these buckets, Jordan, but the thing that I'm the proudest of is that We, we, um, we hire people with incredible values and, um, that, that we, that I like and trust and admire, and we give them an opportunity to go build incredible things. And then what they do is they build companies that have great cultures and they empower people. And so, you know, 70%, I mentioned earlier, 70% of people hate their jobs. You know, in our, in our companies, we measure engagement, net promoter score, um, and, you know, it's it's kind of the flip, flip of that, you know, 70% of people are really fired up to be there. So the thing I'm proudest of is, is probably, Alec, what you mentioned, you know, or when you, what you're proudest of is I have the exact same answer that you have. Your answer was the, you know, 22 or 23 year old that felt like, you know, his, his job and his life mattered. That's probably the thing that I'm proudest of at What I've, what I've created is hopefully I've created a organization that's capable of doing that kind of on a, on a larger scale. And it really is where I have the most energy and it's, it's, it's amazing to see.
0: So maybe it's kind of taking us home. Like what, what is your message to the transitioning veteran or kind of anybody who's stuck in the career and doesn't know what the hell to do next? What is the first set of questions that they should be thinking about to get a high higher definition of what that future could look like
4: you know it's kind of what we talked about jordan but i'll say it just kind of directly and again is you know ask yourself what you would do if you if you knew you were going to be successful start there because you will be if you have single-minded purpose behind behind your in you know what your goal you will get there so ask yourself if where do I want to get <laughs> you know what what would that look like so let go of how okay there's a good coaching quote which is the how is the killer of all great dreams so let go of how and just figure out what it really is that you want um that's why we did that genie exercise earlier in this call what is that and then start working toward that as opposed to and 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 that's kind of like you know, maybe that's five years from, from now where you want to go, as opposed to what's what's the optimal solution for me in the next month or two months or three months or six months. Because that the answers are almost always really different. And uh, one month or two months, you're, you're, it's going to lead to a place you don't want to be, by definition. Um, so that that would be my biggest thing. And and then the the last thing I would just say along the same lines is, just have confidence. Don't underestimate yourselves. Like I, I know that if I, if I were, if I were a vet, I would probably have this at least thought cross my mind to gosh, you know, I haven't been in the private sector or ever, or maybe for a while. And there's all this stuff I, you know, don't know, but, but don't underestimate yourselves in like the same character traits that have gotten you success in what you've done, your leadership, your courage, your intensity, your focus, your persistence, your grit, your toughness, all those things, you get to keep those, those get transported to your next thing. And even if the next thing is something you haven't done, you get to bring you and all your greatness to that thing. And so, you know, just don't under, underestimate yourself. You can start from, from scratch. And our experience is, you know, you get up to up the learning curve really, really fast. And then those attributes really carry you after that. So that would be my biggest messages figure out what you want and then don't don't sell yourself short and i always say to my i always say my students like the punchline here is you know you are the genie and you do have the power to give yourself that wish and i've i've given myself that wish my entire career and i can't think of a single time when it didn't come through or come pretty damn close to exactly what i set
0: out well if if you have time for one more monarch has a question if is that is it all right we need to bounce quick sure yeah sure
2: Graham, in all of our different experiences, the different places we were in the military, um, dealing with other folks, kind of personal challenges that we, we find, you know, sometimes we find failure in interpersonal situations uh, privately for ourselves. And that, that's kind of some of the, the best learning and best experiences that we can get to either not do that again or grow because of that. And just curious with. Your experience at Al- Alpine, kind of what were your, your your biggest lessons learned from some of your your difficulties or, or failures there? Oh, gosh, I mean,
4: um, so many. Um, I mean,
2: to, to, I lo- we
4: lost, lost money on five of my first eight investments. Um, the lesson there would have been, you know, have better bed tours, have better, par- I gave you this earlier, have better people to bounce ideas off of um you know make have a better group of decision makers process um we backed you know we didn't we sometimes took shortcuts and we did a deal where you know maybe we didn't have the alignment with the the entrepreneur he he or she didn't have the same values as us and we said well it's a great deal and it's at a good price and whatever and that very rarely works out well and even if it does it's not even worth it. Honestly, life's too short. Buffett says, you know, marrying from working with someone you don't admire is like marrying for money. He says, it's a bad idea under most circumstances, but totally insane if you're already rich. (laughs) So he, like we, you know, I learned that, which is like, here's the crazy thing, working with the people that you love and trust and admire. It actually turns out it's more fun and it's way more profitable. So I learned that lesson Um, probably the biggest one of all, if I had to kind of put a wrapper on it, well, I I can't say one, but I I mean, I said a couple of them, you know, the, all of our outcomes come through talent. That's been a big lesson, but probably the biggest one for me personally is just the power of like faith. And, and, and I don't mean just like religious faith, but just like faith that it was going to work out and like taking a leap sometimes when I didn't know exactly what was on the other side. Um, I've done that all the, throughout my life and just kind of taken that step without, without having the like clarity on where it was going, but, and then bringing, like I said earlier, bringing myself fully to that. And it's, it's just always worked out, you know, and I don't mean it's worked out like it's been an easy ride. It hasn't, it's been a hellacious ride at times. I mean, the great recession, I've drained my bank account twice to make payroll and it's, there's been some hard times, but. But I think if you give yourself enough time um, and you, you're really excited about where you're headed, um, you know, my money is on you to, to, make, it, to make it happen. And uh, um, anyway, I just, I'm really honored to, be a, have, to uh, have been given this chance to talk to you all. And, um, you know, I, I feel free to reach out. You know where to find me. And uh, we'd certainly love to talk to any of you about your next steps. And um, Jordan, thanks so much for reaching
0: out. Awesome. Guys. This is awesome. Thanks so much. See you later. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care.